Hey, it's Arrow inside the LAProductions.us studio. We are unplugged and totally uncut with Chef Mark Murphy. I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. Hey, congratulations on your podcast on iHeartRadio. You are doing something that, that radio people can't do, and you are drawing pictures inside our theaters, inside our minds. Well, thank you. You know, it's, I, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of practice being a, uh, a judge on job for the past 10 years, having to describe what food tastes like to the uh to the viewers is very always always been very important, and it's been uh, it's 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 been it's been a lot of fun transferring over and also doing a podcast now with iHeart. It's been really really wonderful. Speaking of that flavor, you ask on on this episode uh, if I speak Italian, will 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 your spaghetti taste differently? And you got the answer, didn't you? I certainly did. You know, it's all about perception how people how people view things. You know, and and what your mind is going to trick you into it. If, uh, if an Italian chef comes out and serves you a bowl of pasta, it's probably you're probably going to think it's going to be more authentic and taste better than if somebody else does. Yeah, I was I was taken back to an instant flashback of why is it that I enjoy drinking water more in the morning than I do in the afternoon, and I think it's because in the morning I I, I want to feel better about the day, and it is that mindset, isn't it? I think absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. It's just about you know what what even like what what color plate you choose to put food on, what looks better. I think that's an important factor as well. You designed something that is so perfect for the foodie with your show on iHeartRadio that th- this is what people are going to be talking about because you're not afraid to bring up any subject and nor are your guests willing to challenge you. No, absolutely. And, you know, the good thing is, is if food is a common denominator. We all eat. We all have to be involved in food no matter what. So we all have uh, we all have something to talk about and we all have something to learn something about as well about food. Well, I'm still learning. I know that. Now, do you go in and show prep at all, or do you allow you know the improv to be it? Because, I mean, I just love how natural your guys' conversation is. There's no way that this thing is scripted out. Uh, no, it's not. It's you know, We have, obviously, a topic. I try to veer the guests, either my experts or my friends that are celebrity chefs or celebrities in the food world, try to keep them on the right track to talk about the topic of the actual day. But, uh, no, it's free-flowing, it's, uh, and, it's, and it's really fun to, to have those conversations. I mean, sometimes we do have to cut something short because you know we don't want to we don't want to keep droning on so to speak but i'm always i always feel like this we, we could always get more info that's what i love what 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 i loved immediately with the show was the fact of the length of the show because so many times people will do these two and three hour podcasts but you're, you're like right there with me and it, it makes me want to go hey i want to hear another show i want to hear this i want to hear this and, and you're so perfectly in tune with our appetite as a listener well, thank you very much. That's really kind of you. I'm just excited to have been doing this, and I'm I'm excited for people to uh, get to know the podcast and start listening. So, Chef Mark, are you going to be taking that microphone with you when you travel the world? Because, my God, I mean, you're taking listeners to a place where they've never been, but you've got the ability to do it. I, 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 we're doing it in studios right now, but I think the next couple seasons I'm going to start thinking about getting myself on the road. So what is it like to create with all the different chefs? I mean, you get a couple of radio people in the room together. We barely get along. But you you have this way of really connecting with chefs. There's no ego inside that part of the world? No, look, we're all we're all in it for the we're all in it to help people out and to feed people and it's just a matter of, you know, uh, we all get along. There's, there's no there's no real competition out in the real world. It's just competition on chop. That's the only time you know, when, when, when a chef smells $10,000, they, uh, they sharpen their knives. <laughs> so, so are you a true believer in a super taster? I am, actually. You know, and it's interesting how different they are. We did that whole podcast. I had Gail Simmons on the show, and we talked about super tasting. And it's interesting to me that some people's palates, I mean, I mean and it's not surprising, everybody tastes things a little bit differently. Some people have more high sensors in their, in their taste buds. They taste more things. 
and sometimes they get uh, they get a little shy. They eat actually bland food because it's just overwhelming the amount of flavors that come out. It's it's kind of wild. I've I've been so afraid of like a lot of these candies and stuff like that that we eat that are super powered by by sourness and all that kind of stuff, and it kind of eats away at the inside of your mouth. And I'm so afraid that people are losing their taste buds. Is is that a possibility? I'm not sure. I'm no scientist on that one, but it sounds like something I need to look into. But I think that sour candies and all that, I'm not recommending any of that. I always say if it comes from a farm, eat it. If it comes from a factory, put it aside. Man, you're speaking my street when you talk like that because that's the way we live here in Carolina. We love our farmers so much, and we love the fact that you support that. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing better. I mean, that, that... Farmers are sexy. Let me tell you, they're the they're the, they're the new uh, they're the new stars out there. I think we're talking about the podcast Food Three Hundred and Sixty on iHeartRadio, available now. How do you like being on demand like that? Because I mean, people now they can tune in on their own time and they can get so many different food tips and learn more things about what what they're what they're taking in. Look, I think podcasts are fantastic. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I live right near Central Park in Manhattan. I try to go for a run or a nice long walk every morning and. To me, it's just it, it, it enhances my day. I get to listen to something. I get to choose what I want to listen to, and I get to choose when I want to listen to it. That's the great thing about a podcast. Now, I know you've got this one on iHeartRadio, but your creative mind, because I have 14 different shows or episodes that I do. I mean, it, what are you working on several as well? Uh, right now, just Food 360, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I'm just getting my... Just wetting my whistle with this one. <laughs> what What is usually the show prep time and stuff like that? Do you guys just uh, show up in the room, or or how is it that you laid out? Because there's podcasters that are going to be listening right now that are going to want to know how to build the better podcast. Well, you know, I'm working with a great team over at iHeart. You know, I got two great producers I'm working with. They're amazing, and we're we're uh, you know we're mapping out a show. We're trying to talk to an expert and a, a celebrity, let's say, or somebody that's well known in the food world for every episode and we're trying to stick to a topic. So I'll, I'll probably do those two interviews on different days sometimes. And some, mostly I try to do them in person, but sometimes on the phone as well or in, in studios. But, you know, once I get on the road, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, that's the great thing about podcasts. They're free flowing. Do you, do you think that we're going back into another age of where the foods are going to be regional? Because I, I grew up in the state of Montana where everything has got that, you know, grease and all that kind of stuff in it. We're here in the South. It's, it's not about that at all. Don't you love that about America, the way that we have the regions? Well, I, mean, I think it's great, and I think that has a lot to do with the Food Network educating people about different regions and about different foods and about staying healthy and staying, you know, staying conscious about, as you said, about the farmers and things like that. These are all very important things. I've always thought of you as being like a John Lennon or a, or a Paul McCartney in the way that you inspire people to make a change in their life by stepping into the kitchen, having conversation with family members and stuff like that. You've always been that open. Absolutely. I mean, look, some of the best times I remember is sitting around a table with family and friends, but it's all, it starts in the kitchen. It starts with going, going and getting the ingredients. It's all, it's a process that, you know what, we can't use a computer or a phone to do that stuff. You have to be able to do it. You have to get together. You have to look at each other in the eye and you get to get your hands dirty. And, and you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team sport, let's put it that way. And I love that. Speaking of teams, I love the way that a chef can sit there and taste a food and be able to divide it up and know exactly what is in that recipe. How? It, it, what are you, David Copperfield? <laughs> it doesn't always happen. Sometimes we get a little trick, you know. There's a lot of ingredients you can manipulate in different ways that will trick you. But we, we do the best we can. And and even on shows like Chopped, I mean, they, they, you guys show so much emotion on that. But at the same time, because you're the judges and things like that, you've got to be strict and stuff. Do you ever get personal time with them going, dude, you're on the right track, you know, to kind of motivate them or to empower them? 
Um, we do a little bit, but not much. You know, they want it to. It's still a competition show. You got to keep. We keep her. They keep us separate. They got to make them sweat a little bit. You know, it's it's about entertaining after all. The, the fact that you're on iHeartRadio is so brilliant because, once again, we talk about the intimacy as well as the, the one-on-oneness about radio. The, it, was it, what was the transition like to go from let's the kitchen, then TV, then onto podcasting? I mean, that's three different levels and platforms there, dude. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been, it's been fantastic, though. It's, I, I, love the, I love the challenge. I'm always, I was nervous when I started, but, I mean, getting, uh, getting there and interviewing people and, and getting them to pulling out what I need from them for, to make a show interesting really, really got, got me going, I'll tell you that. Well, it's, it's almost like Paul Harvey's the rest of the story, because what you're doing is you are telling us the rest of the story. You give us that deeper look into what we should be looking for or staying away from. Yeah, and it's also about, you know, you know on television, you learn how to describe flavors because they can't taste it, the audience, right? <laughs> Same thing on, on a podcast. You have to explain... You have to explain what things taste like. You have to explain where things come from. You have to explain the concept of what we're talking about. It's just about relaying the information in a way that people can understand. And I like to try to keep it keep it simple enough that we can all, you know, mo- most people can understand what we're talking about. How important is the history of food? In other words, we should know the actual roots of where this all comes from. Absolutely. I mean, we should always, we should know the history of a lot of things so we don't make the same mistakes twice. But we know that doesn't work sometimes. But we should probably... You know, we should definitely be, be be aware of where things come from. And and I think, you know, when you look at uh, old cookbooks, it's basically like reading a history book to me and seeing how other people used to do things or how they used to manipulate certain ingredients. I think it's very important and very and, – and that's also – it's fun. It's entertaining. You know, you bring up an interesting point there because I know one thing, especially here in the South, that people are starting to relax a little bit with family recipes. They're, they're more willing to share them nowadays than what they were maybe 20 years ago. Well, now there's so many recipes on the Internet that I guess uh, it's hard to keep a secret. <laughs> Excellent. Well, congratulations on Food 360 on iHeartRadio, man. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's so cool to be part of the family. You bet, man. You be brilliant today, okay, sir? Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you.